so today's topic is the fortunate demon so looks like little, little contradictory a demon who is fortunate because generally we think demon is the most unfortunate person but here we can see the topic is the fortunate demon just like we have a we can have some term called as traditionally modern looks like opposite but similarly the fortunate demon the today's topic and session is dedicated to his divine grace ac bhakti vedanta swami shri prabhupada so last week we had discussed just to give you a brief recap what is the context what is happening because some people would have uh, not attended last week's session or maybe some some people will be attending for the, for the first time so just to give you a context what is the thing what is happening here is so pralad maharaj who is a great devotee of lord vishnu lord narsimha de and he is being chastised by his father hiranyakashipu that hiranyakashipu is telling that by whose source of power you are able to deny my orders who is the source of your power and then pralad maharaj start instructing hiranyakashipu and this was the last verse what we discussed in last week session last sessions and pralad maharaj is giving some instruction to hiranyakashipu and what is the last instruction that in former times there are many fools like you who do not did not conquer the six enemies that steal away the wealth of the body the fools were very proud thinking i have conquered all enemies in all ten directions but if a person is victorious over the six enemies and is occupies towards all living entities for him there are no enemies enemies are merely imagined by one in ignorance so we discussed that when a person is situated on real platform he understand that who he is and what is the relationship he has with other living entities advisors as well as god so when a person is to that stage he never considers anyone as his enemy because he understands that whatever is happening is because of my wrong doing nobody is actually doing anything bad to me it is because of my wrong doing i'm suffering so it doesn't think anyone and his uh enemy and praise chastisement and everything this material things will not will no longer going to affect him because he understand that these all things are temporary my body itself is temporary this praise chastisement or whatever is actually temporary so he never indulges in all this kind of business and he always try to save himself from all these things so that he can focus on his real project that is self realization so that prahlad maharaj is giving instruction to hiranyakashipu but since hiranyakashipu is a demon so he definitely will not accept all these kinds of instructions and he will further chastise prahlad maharaj so we'll see that this today's five verses are in that series of the verses hiranyakashipu is going to chastise prahlad maharaj shri hiranyakashipu uvacha what hiranyakashipu is telling shri hiranyakashipu uvacha vyaktam tu martu kamam asmi yoti matram vikattase mohu shunam hi mandatman nanu sur viklava vakira so what is telling hiranyakashipu hiranyakashipu is telling so in in response to pralad maharaj's instruction now is becoming angry and what is telling you rascal you are trying to minimize my value as if you were better than me at controlling the senses this is over intelligent i can therefore understand that you desire to die at my hands 
For this kind of nonsensical toss, talk is indulged in by those about to die. So he's chastising that you are thinking that you are better than me. Now I'm going to kill you. So next three four verses, I'm just read the translation so that we can have proper understanding what he's telling, and then we will discuss these verses. So this is seven point eight point eleven. Now second verse is telling, oh most unfortunate Pralat, you have always described a supreme being other than me, a supreme being who is above everything, who is the controller of everyone, and he and who is all pervading. But where is he? Is he is present everywhere? Then why is not present before me in this pillar? Okay, and next verse is, we being obsessed with anger, Hiranyakashipu who was. Very great in bodily strength, thus chastise chastise his exalted devotee son Pralad Maharaj with harsh words, cursing him again and again. Hiranyakashipu took up his sword, got up from his royal throne, and with great anger struck his fist against the column. And then what happens? Then from within, from within the pillar came a fearful sound, which appeared to crack the covering of the universe. Oh my dear Yudhishthir, this sound reached even the abodes of the demigod like Lord Brahma. And when the demigods heard it, they thought, oh, now our planets are being destroyed. So this is the context which is being set up here that Prahlad Maharaj is being chastised by his father, Hiranyakashipu. And Hiranyakashipu is challenging Prahlad Maharaj. If your God is everywhere, is he present in this pillar also? If yes, then why don't he come in front of me? And then he uh, hit that pillar with his fist and, uh, and what happens? Narasimha Dev appeared. So next session we'll discuss how Narasimha Dev appeared and what is his uh, appearance is like. But in this today's session, we'll discuss now. Now, if you see the context here, Hiranyakashipu is thinking himself that he is greater than any other god and he himself is god. There's no one superior to him. And Prahlad should also follow his instruction. So this demon, and we discussed in the last session also, demon and divine, demonic and divine qualities are there in every living entities. Even some demonic qualities we will also have definitely. And some divine quality also we will have. That is the nature of a living entity. It is made of divine and demonic qualities. And based on the quality, a person has his consciousness. Because Ultimately, the way a person behaves, the person, the way a person acts, we can understand whether he's he is working under divine qualities or demon quality, demonic qualities, what kind of quality he is in right now. So, thus, such kind of qualities Hiranyakashipu has. And his qualities are like demonic qualities. His consciousness also is like that, the way he is acting. And as we understand from scriptures, that there are different grades of there are different grades of human entities are there. Different grades of human consciousness are there. And we understand that 84 lakh species of life are there in human society. And the classification is based on not their color, not on their caste or any other thing, whether they are rich or they are poor, not based on that. Sometimes people think that, okay, some classification should happen based on the caste, color, greed, or person is educated, non-educated. No. In our Vedic scripture, the classification is based on the consciousness of a person. So there are different kinds of consciousness. Right from the animal, he also has a certain kind of consciousness. And then beast, bird, and the living entities in water, living entities on earth, 
and movable living entity, non-movable living entities, everyone has some consciousness. So based on that consciousness, human society is being, and, and all the living entities are being classified. And that classification, one part is of human being also. So human being also, we can classify the different kind of consciousness human beings have that also we can classify. So there can be classification on various, based on various kind of uh, consciousness personhood, but generally, as far as Vedic understanding is concerned, we have one level of living entity. So there are four like kind of human, human, human beings are also in living entities. When we discuss about 84 like species of life, in that four like kind of human beings are also there. Four like kind of consciousness are there, that means. So that consciousness can be broadly classified in, uh, there can be many classification, but generally we discuss our, our understanding. There can be classification of in four categories. One of the category is where a person is almost like animal in the sense that he doesn't have any sense, he doesn't have any inquiry, he doesn't have any questions, he is simply living his life. For example, when he sees someone is dying, so his mind will not strike why a person is dying. And someone is crying, his mind is not, will never strike why a person is crying, he should be happy. Or why a person is rich, why a person is poor, why a person is beautiful, why a person is ugly. Why so many kind of varieties of lives are there in this material world? So, when a person is in that stage, he is a more or less of ignorant person. He doesn't have any understanding. He just, just like famous example and we hear many times of apple falling down. So, many people, they saw apple was falling down, but only one, one of the person, he understood and he asked that question, why apple is falling down? Most of the person, they saw apple falling down, they, they took that apple and they ate it. He never asked why it fell off. It should have it should have been there in, in, uh, in the tree only, but it is falling down. Why it is falling down? Nobody was asking this question, but someone asked this question and then we have this great discovery. Look, gravitational force. So like that, there are many living entities that never ask questions. They simply they, they live their life. So in the Vedic understanding, they are and the lowest level, they are almost like animals. Their only purpose of living life is somehow they can eat, they can drink, and they can uh, they can have uh, sexual intercourse, and they can uh, sleep nicely. They can save themselves, almost like animals. So this is one classification of a consciousness in living entities, which generally we found we find in in most of the times uh, in this time, especially Kaluga people are like that only, and. What scripture says about this kind of consciousness is, so then when a person, he is not able to ask these basic questions that what is happening with me? Why I am not happy? Why I am not, why I am trying to become happy, but I am not happy? Why uh, things are happening in, with me in a certain way? And why I don't want to die, but still I am able to die? So then this kind of questions is not there. He is more or less an animal. The second level of consciousness is when a person he having understood that he is not that he is not like he is very intelligent person, but he understands that okay, some laws are working and someone is there. So this person, although not very intelligent, but he understands there's some power is there. So he will try to minimize his suffering because many times when a person in this material world he sees okay, this person is rich, I am poor. So that is that means I can also become rich. So he has the tendency to ask questions. He can ask questions, but not the ultimate question. He will ask a question, okay, if this person is rich, I can also become rich. So for that purpose, 
because he wants to become rich he has a material desire he, he want to make sure that material should should be happy so he uh, tries to approach some supreme authority some authority maybe demigod or maybe krishna or maybe supreme authority krishna or some demigod or some any other so higher authority he would like to approach but what what purpose not for ultimate purpose of life they will he will be approaching that living and the the authorities only for his, the sake of his material prosperity so that he can get some material benefit in this human life he can have nice <clears throat> he can have nice uh, uh, things to eat he should have nice place to stay nice place to sleep he has nice enjoyment of material life for that purpose he approaches the supreme lord or not supreme lord or demigods or whatever you can ask you can tell so that he can fulfill his material desires and generally that's why people worship demigods so demigod worship is for that purpose only where a person is uh, trying to have some material benefit and he approaches different demigods so demigods are what demigods krishna in bhagavad gita that these demigods are my authorized representative so whenever even a person visits any demigod also and gets any kind of any benefit or benediction that benediction also ultimately is coming from the lord only it is not that when that benediction the demigod is empowered to give no although he is giving that benediction but that, that benediction also is coming from the uh, by the sanction of the supreme lord so that understanding has and when a person approaches you know demigods and he understands that uh, now he is not satisfied even having material benefit also because he has tried this like many people invest they you will find many people invest they are coming to india in search of, in search of spirituality in search of peace why because they have tried a lot to get peace from this material things but they are not satisfied and that is the nature of material happiness one cannot remain satisfied by material happiness this is this is a rule till the time a person is working very hard for material happiness he cannot be satisfied he will always be have will be uh, some unsat- uh, dissatisfaction in his consciousness he will always feel unhappy this is the nature of this world so a person who a uh, little bit intelligent he understand that okay this material thing i have tried but i am not getting any result out of it i am not uh, uh, satisfied then he becomes a person called a jigyasu jigyasu means then he then ask questions not material questions then he ask if there is a law because it's a law right if you are if you are doing some tapasya you are praying to some demigod you are getting benefit out of it so there is a law working in there is someone has made this law now this person who is jigyasu the next level of understanding he will ask question that who has made this law who has made this law because just like in everything this sometime people say this world has come without any creator there is no creator automatically because of some chemicals it has come but it's a common sense anything in this world we see has a creator nothing has come about just like that only today anything you see there is a creator so if you apply common sense also you cannot say there is no creator this world is not come out of chemical today i cannot say i am sitting here taking class automatically it is by chance it is not by chance some theories are like that by chance this has happened some chemical combined and this material world came and all this thing and that is a quality of a demonic person it is mentioned in, in bhagavad gita also the demons think that this material world has come out of the mixture of some material elements that is that is a philosophy of demon but it is not possible 
Nothing can come automatically. There is a creator. There is a creator of this laptop. There is a creator of this table. There is a laptop of this. There is a creator of this application Zoom from which we are using and taking this, attending the session. Everything. There is a creator. So when everything has a creator, how can we see there is no creator of this world? This come as this world has come out automatically. No. So a person who is jigyasu, who has little intelligence, who has seen this material world and understood there is no happiness here, then he asks about the who has made this law. Why this law is being made that uh, this particular things are happening? Laws of nature are working. Seasons are getting changed. This summer season is coming. Winter season is coming. Rainy season is coming. Autumn is coming. Everything is happening systematically. So there is a system. There is a system working. And when system is working, there should be a person who should have made the system. So from there, we can see the person has actually started becoming a human being. Because now he has started asking some questions about his consciousness, about his identity, about this material world, about this law. So he has started asking some questions. So that's why we can see now this person is little intelligence, intelligent. And when a person has asked this question, the next level of understanding is what is the intent of the creator? Now he understood. The first level is a person is like animal. He doesn't have any consciousness. does not want to ask any question. He does not have any desire also. Simply is living like animal. Somehow he can get food. He can live. He doesn't have any higher consciousness, higher purpose of life. More or less like an animal. Which generally we see most of the population this material world is. The next level is that a person understands that there is some thing which is working, but he doesn't want to inquire what is the ultimate thing, but he understands how can I make my life successful in the sense of how can I make more prosperity, I can have more prosperity, I should become a rich person, I should have this thing. So he wants material, he has material desires. So for that he, he does some worship, he does some tapasya, just like demon. Demon also do tapasya. Hiranyakashipu has did, if you see Bhagavatam, if you read Bhagavatam, he has done very severe austerities. Through his austerity, entire universe must start shaking, start burning. That was the level of austerity he was doing, Hiranyakashipu. And that's why Brahmaji has to come, had to come. So demon also do very, very nice austerity sometime. Ravana was doing a lot of austerity. So austerity they do, but ultimately for what? For sense gratification. So that austerity is, comes under the mode of ignorance. That means a person who is ignorance, in ignorance, he will do this kind of austerity that he will uh, work very hard for some material gain or some material benefit because that is not possible. It is waste of time to become happy in this material world. So next level of uh, understanding is where a person asks the, about the creator who has created this thing and some law is working, who is a lawmaker and everything. And now even above that is when a person understands that who is the real creator. And that's Krishna, that Bhagavad Gita That means he understands the real cause of this material world is Supreme Personality, that is Krishna. Krishna is the cause of this material world. Vasudeva Sarvamiti Samatma Sudurlava. So, in the different grade of consciousness, ultimately, a person who understands Krishna, who understands that Krishna is Supreme Personality Godhead, and this entire world, the laws of nature, everything is working under his control, he is considered as the most intelligent person. And above this, ultimately, when he surrenders, he becomes a devotee, is the highest. Because only a devotee can understand Krishna fully. Bhakti amam abhijanati, he says. You can understand Krishna only through bhakti. 
So this is the different grades of consciousness we can find in human society. And if you analyze, all of us, even everyone in this material world, will fall more or less in one of them. That somebody who is either is working like more or less like animals, or he has some desire, material desire, is approaching some demigod or some authority in order to get some material desire fulfilled. Then after frustration, he tries to understand that who is supreme and what is the truth of what is about the truth of this material world that is called as Jigyasu. And finally, Jnani means he knows about Krishna and about Jnani is devotee who knows everything. That's why it is said about Krishna, Jaspin Vidyate Sarvam Evam Sarvam Evitam Vidyatam Bhavanti. That when a person knows about Krishna, he knows everything because Krishna is a creator of everything. So when you know about Krishna, automatically we know about, about everyone else. Now, this verse is one of the very important verses in Bhagavatam, which talks about, as I told about, what is the purpose of human life? So what it says, Parabhavas Tavat Abodh Jatu Javan Jigyasam Atma Tattvam Javat Kriyas Tavat Idam Manovai Karmatmakam Jena Sharir Bandha. So, what is telling? What has been told here? As long as one does not inquire about the spiritual values of life, one is defeated and subjected to miseries arising from ignorance. Be it sinful or pious, karma has its resultant action. If a person is engaged in any kind of karma, his mind is called karmatmaka, colored with fruitive activity. As long as the mind is impure, consciousness is unclear, and as long as one is absorbed in fruitive activity, he has to accept a material body. This is Bhagavatam 5th Canto. Yes. So you can clearly see what is the intention of Bhagavatam. Clearly it is mentioned as soon as one does not inquire about the spiritual values of life, one is defeated and subject, subjected to miseries arising from ignorance. What is the meaning of defeat? Defeat means you have lost. Suppose India-Pakistan match, India has lost. So India got defeated. Defeated means the purpose. We are not able to serve the purpose. So as long as one does not inquire about spiritual values, He's defeated. That means his purpose is lost. The purpose of life is lost. And he's subjected to miseries because of ignorance. What is ignorance? As we discussed last time, that ignorance in the person is, he has six enemies, five senses and mind, and he's not able to understand that my six enemies are these. And because he does not have that understanding, he works in order to satisfy these six senses. So when a person is engaged in any kind of karma, be it, it be a pious or it is a sinful activity, ultimately he is engaging himself in his material world and this is called as karmatmaka, colored with fruity activities. And as long as mind is impure, consciousness is unclear and as long as one is absorbed in fruity activities, he accepts another material body. And this is parabhavas tavad abhojdata. That means this is the defeat of a human being's life. If after getting human form of life, he has to accept another form of life, Maybe a higher planetary system, a lower planetary system, it is a defeat because human life is a chance where we can stop this cycle of birth and death. That is a defeat of living entities. Bhagavatam is clearly telling. So we may acquire anything, we may have any other sort of uh, material designation, but if this thing we have not able to achieve, that means this parabhavastavat abodh jata, it is a defeat of a living entities because he is getting miseries out of ignorance. 
Now, if you see these verses, what we read, Hiranyakashipu is asking Prahlad Maharaj, ki, where your Lord is present in this pillar also. Just we have read, if you are there, that Prahlad Maharaj is telling God is everywhere, Krishna is everywhere. And then Hiranyakashipu is telling, you are telling God is everywhere, is God is present in this pillar also. He is asking this question to Prahlad Maharaj. Now, and you will see that ultimately Narsimadev will come out of that pillar. Now, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, this seventh chapter, 26th verse, that Naam Prakasa Sarvasya Yoga Maya Samavrita Mudam Nabijanati Lokoma Ajam Abhayam. What does that mean? That Naam Prakasa Sarvasya Yoga Maya Samavrita. That means I am not exposed to everyone. I am not exposed to everyone. And I am covered by my illusory, my potency, my internal potency. Yoga maya samavita. I am covered by my yoga maya. Mudoham nabi janati. The person who is a fool, he does not understand me. Lokumam ajam avayam. That I am, I am, I am unborn and uninfallible. Why it is so that, for example, when somebody, so many times people ask this question that, uh, Krishna is saying, I am not present to everyone. Like, but Krishna was present in front of everyone. If you see the Mahabharata war, he was present in front of Duryodhan also. He was present in front of everyone else. He was there. He was present in, he was present in front of Kans also. He was present in front of Dronacharya also. He was present in front of Bhishma also. He was present in front of everyone. But why Krishna is telling Naham Prakash Sarvasya Yoga Maya Samavrita? That means, although he is present in front of everyone, but not everyone will be able to understand what is his real nature. Because Yoga Maya Samavrita, he does not expose himself to ordinary living entities or non-devotees. That's why he's saying, I do not expose myself to non-devotees. So only a devotee can understand Lord. If a devotee of the Lord explains or prays to Lord, Lord will present in front of him. But if a non-devotee, even Krishna or Vishnu is standing in front of him, won't be able to understand that he Krishna is present in front of him in a way of uh, devotee. Why so? Because he doesn't have eyes to see. Krishna can be seen only by love and affection, not by any scientific knowledge, not by any uh, speculative knowledge, not by any experiment. He can be seen only by love and affection. That is a devotee's vision. Is. So that's why uh, people sometimes ask this question, can we, we, we go to temple and this deity is there, it's a form of God, it is a stone. How can we expect? No, it is not a stone. Prabhupada says for a person who is stone-hearted, it is a stone. But for a person who is seeing that my Lord is present in front of a in front of a deity, in form of a deity, for them Lord is personally present in that so-called material element called a stone. So it is not like that. People don't understand the science of deity worship. Deity worship is a great science. Otherwise, why? Why so many Acharyas? If you go to South India, Ramanuja Acharya has made so many temples all over South India. Even in North also you come. So many temples. They were not fool. They were most brilliant person. They have made big, big temples. Why? Because temple is a place where they can come, they can associate themselves with the Lord and they can see the form of the Lord. Somehow or the other, if a person is just coming to temple, and seeing the deity of the Lord, he will slowly develop on reverence for the Lord. 
and then slowly you will see the person because he will come he will take chandamrita he will hear holy name he will heal, he will know uh, do hear some kirtan so that person is slowly getting attracted towards dritis so dritis is not some stone there are cases in the in the past we have heard that for the for the devotee lord has come out of his altar so so called dt who can never walk for his devotee dt has walked out of altar dt has started speaking for his devotee there are pastimes like that but that happens not with everyone you the person should be qualified just like today we cannot expect that modi will come and speak to all of us no are we qualified no because he is a important person he will speak only to a qualified person similarly lord will also speak to his devotee why should he speak to a non devotee who is going to challenge him whether you are there or not so prabhupad writes in one of the purports in bhagavad gita the lord has reserved got all the rights that he will not expose himself to a person who is a atheist and who is claiming himself that uh, he was claiming that he first of all claiming god does not exist at the same time he wants to see god so god that god has got all the rights that he will not going to expose himself to this kind of living entities so so uh, the person who is a mudha he will never see lord but if a devotee will always see god every place even in uh, a so called stone krishna is present there reading so i am never manifest to the foolish and unintelligent for them i am covered by my internal potency and therefore they do not know that i am unborn unborn in polyvalent now as we the session's name is the demon is fortunate and we also discuss shri hiranyakashipu vacha now generally we hear shri means shri bhagwan vacha and shri sam narad muni vacha and shri vyasdev vacha shri prahlad maharaj vacha why it is mentioned here as shri bhag shri hiranyakashipu vacha so hiranyakashipu is considered as shri means fortunate so why hiranyakashipu is considered as, as fortunate here so i would like to hear i would like to see what uh, the audience the devotees who are attending session what is their point of view you can just try to answer this question somebody asked why hiranyakashipu is considered as fortunate you can just give your answer in chat type in chat box let us see how many of you know the correct answer okay even he was liberated because he is killed by lord himself his son is a devotee because he was going to be killed by the lord because god appeared before him he has been delivered by narsimha dev he has got the opportunity to see the lord and pure devotee because he was killed by lord himself killed by krishna बिकॉज वो भगवान की हाथ से मृत्यु प्राप्त की अच्छा की फादर प्रहलाद डिवोटी मे बी इट्स वेरी इट्स अ वेदिक एटिकेट टू एड्रेस इवन डीवन रेस्पेक्ट ओके नाइस आंसर जय विजय ही वॉज वेस्ट बिफोर हरे कृष्णा प्रभु जी बिकॉज ही इज गोइंग टू किल्ड बाय सुप्रीम लॉर्ड and get liberation his son is a devotee and his parent will get liberated usko moksha milega 
due to curse he got you know liberated because he was a devotee his son is a devotee you said that god appeared only in front of devotee but in he appeared in front of a demon okay so that's why it's fortunate although he was demon but god appeared in front of them no god was present in front of kans also but we never never say shri kans uvacha <laughs> we say shri kiran kasupu uvacha ante narayan smriti okay so our uh, devotees are very intelligent many has given correct answer so prabhupad writes in this that although he was a demon but because his son was a great devotee of the lord he got prahlad maharaj that's why he is called as shri hiranyakashipu vacha so you can see he is such a great demon such a great demon he is that is trying to kill his 5 years old boy and what not he has tried if you read entire bhagavatam this seventh canto what he has trying he tried to kill prahlad maharaj in so many ways but still he is called as shri hiranyakashipu vacha he is fortunate because he has a great devotee of the lord what does that mean that means that even if one person one person in the family becomes a devotee the entire family gets benefit of it and you will see that because of prahlad maharaj he got this opportunity that he got he, he got death he was killed by lord narsimha dev himself and because he got he was killed by narsimha dev himself he will going to get liberation so prabhupada writes in the purport also that just like prahlad maharaj he is trying to give so so nice instruction to his, his father so that's why we have to sometime we hear many questions in this session specially that prabhu ji this one this person is against me i am not able to follow they are against me they are not able to because of that i am not able to follow and all these things so please understand by seeing all these examples of prahlad maharaj and other devotees we should always understand that yes there is not it is not easy to become devotee of the lord there can be and there will be so many difficulties there will be this material world is like that only so prabhupada the example that this material world is compared with a prison house just like a prison house is there then the prison house if a person is trying to escape the prison house that the prison authorities will become more uh, attentive they will make sure that person should not come out of the prison house similarly this material world is like a prison house if you want to go out of this material world is called as durga durga means uh, fort and that's why the controller of this material world is durga durga devi so durga devi her duty is that make sure that living and it should always remain here in this material world it should not come out of it but as soon as you try to come out then you will you will see durga devi will become more active she will make sure that all kind of allurements will come you will see that uh, many times it has happened that many boys were telling prabhu till the time i was you uh, know uh, i i had never one boy was telling that prabhu uh, i understand that i should not uh, indulge in all activities i should be remain like a no i celebrate and i should follow brahmacharya but as soon as i start following krishna consciousness i can see that many mataji are coming in touch with me and they started speaking to me earlier nobody was speaking to me now so many mataji are coming and speaking to me with me so i can see this my uh, i i want to become krishna conscious now maya is arranging such a way that i am going away from krishna consciousness so there's a fact maya will test you 
because Prabhupada says that uh, Maya will test you so that she can make sure that person is not going to disturb Krishna. He is following Krishna consciousness in order to please Krishna, not to uh, create any kind of trouble for the Lord. So test will be there. But the devotee will face all the tests, having all the faith in the Lord and ultimately uh, he will come out victorious because he has faith in the Lord. So never ever feel disheartened, never ever feel uh, like uh, unfortunate and a very tortured condition of life that uh, what kind of situation I am in. I am all, although I am following bhakti, but these kind of problems are coming in my life. All these things we should understand that these are part of Krishna consciousness. Till that time we do not pass tests. Krishna gave so many tests. That's a fact. Test will be there. But our saving, saving grace is that we have our spiritual master, we have holy name of the Lord. If we are chanting, we are following principles, Prabhupada said, rest assured, you just keep on holding my dhoti and I will take you back. So we have to just keep on holding to instruction of pure devotee. Then even though so many problems will be there, we will get all the strength to follow. And very mystically we will get. Not that in a very planned way we will get. Mystically we will get. Mystical realization will happen. Mystical, mystically you will see that things are start happening in, in favor of you. And just so Prabhupada in one lecture he says, one letter he writes, that a devotee patiently tries to follow all the rules and regulations of spiritual master. Although out of, because of any trouble, troubles may come, but still a devotee very patiently try to follow the spiritual master instruction. And by following in that way, one day he will see all of a sudden all the perfection will, will be there in his devotional service. So that is the goal of a devotee. How can I serve Krishna perfectly? Perfect. Just like sometimes we, we, uh, we are chanting our 16 rounds, we are hitting every day. And most of you are maybe uh, reading books also, Prabhupada. So we have come to one level that, okay, now I am at least on base level. I am chanting 16 rounds, I am reading, I am hearing. That base level understanding I have. Now I have to improve quality. Quality of sadhana, like my quality of chanting, quality of reading, quality of hearing. This is called quality. Quality of everything, sadhana. And at the same time, quality of my service also. So for example, you may be doing any service. Let's say you have to mop a temple all. It's a seva. Now with what consciousness you, that you do that service, that is perfection of your devotional service. If you have full understanding that I should make sure that this temple hall should be nicely clean. There should be no dust at all in the temple hall. Cleaning this temple hall means cleaning my heart. And Lord Krishna personally is presenting here, is present here. All the devotees are present here. Let me clean this temple hall with best of my capacity. With that understanding, if you do, that is meaning of perfection of devotional service. And you will find this thing in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Chaitanya Charitamrita there is a when Jagannath Puri in Jagannath Puri wherever Ratyatra happens, so there is a place called Gundicha, Gundicha temple, where Lord Jagannath comes and he resides there. Ratyatra time. So before the Ratyatra happens, the Gundicha temple uh, is cleaned very nicely. Nice has to be cleansed very, very nicely. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself used to clean that Gundicha temple. And if you, you there's a separate chapter in, in, in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Cleaning of uh, Gundicha temple. So the way it is mentioned here, how he cleansed, how he was doing cleaning of that temple, it is very nice. You can go just and read how nicely he was cleaning the temple. He was making sure that not even a single 
spark of dust is there in that temple and not only he was doing so many associates were doing and chaitanya mahaprabhu then he, do, he tells that the kind of cleaning you will do here that will decide how much going to clean your heart by this cleaning and finally when he cleanses he he cleanses the temple it was very very nice everywhere it was nice fragrance because of water and the chaitanya mahaprabhu himself is exhibiting that example that once we start doing devotional service the next platform is how can i improve the quality of my devotional service that we should try and that regularly when we do then you will see that our enthusiasm in devotional service will always increase we will never feel hackneyed we will never feel tiring we will never feel that uh, let me do some other thing let me do th- otherwise what happens we are restless restless means mind is restless then we'll see let me do this thing let me do that thing this service is not good prabhu ji is unnecessarily telling me this service no all the services are equal all the services are equal just we have to see what consciousness i am doing this service if consciousness is good then you will see that uh, even very so called menial service also you will get pleasure just like one devotee was telling he recent he just joined the temple and he is in bangalore so he's telling prabhu ji uh, i was feeling aesthetic uh, ecstatic feeling when i was even cutting vegetables <laughs> i was thinking oh nicely should i cut so he was feeling aesthetic when he was cutting vegetable So cutting vegetable is not a very high, very big task, but still was feeling very nice. So that is the joy of devotional service. So Prabhupada, right? This kind of difficulty always exists when a devotee preaches Krishna consciousness to persons like Hiranya Kashipu, who are interested in money and women. The word Hiranya means gold, and Kashipu refers to cushion or good bedding. So this is another quality of demon that he is very fond of money and very fond of uh, sleeping. so generally we see in this material world people are very much fond of these two things money and women so that's why uh, many time we see in this world people are under the category of this this thing only now this uh, hiranyakashipu is although we are seeing is a very great event so let us try to understand their little bit history also so this hiranyakashipu was Hiranyakashipu Hiranyaksh these two brothers were there and because Hiranyaksh Hiranyaksh was being killed by uh, Lord Varadev that's why Hiranyakashipu was always feeling envious towards Lord Vishnu so he was knowing that Vishnu is supreme but still he was very much envious because Vishnu has Lord Varadev has killed his brother and this two brothers Hiranyakashipu Hiranyaksh actually who were they so they were actually devotees of the Lord their name was Jain Vijay this comes in Bhagavatam again and prabhupad writes prabhupad says there that just like krishna is supreme he wants to enjoy so many pleasures so many uh, rasas he wants to enjoy so krishna wants to fight also so it's not that he is a simply a jyoti is a light he does not have any feeling he does not have any consciousness no krishna is supreme person person means with emotions and with intelligence and with feelings so krishna also have emotion intelligence and feeling so he wants to sometime fights and who can fight with devotee with krishna except he is devotee so sometimes when krishna wants to fight he send one of his devotee as demon so that he can fight with them so this two uh, this two brothers hiranyakashipu and nakshakshu they were jain vijay and they were door keepers of vakunta vakunta in vakunta planets they were they were door keeper of vakunta planets gate of the vakunta and they stopped four devotees like four kumaras sanat kumaras that also is a different story altogether 
but these four kumaras they cursed jay vijay that because you are stopping us we are not allowing us to see lord vishnu we are cursing we are, we are going to curse you that you will be uh, you will go back you will not going to stay in this spiritual world you will go to material world and you will take a demon form so like that they appeared in material world and they took form of hiranyakashipu hiranyaksh ravan and uh, kumkaran and shishupalan dantavakra like that so they were these demons and fortunately ultimately they were killed by krishna every time once they were killed by lord ramchandra then hiranyakashipu and then and then sorry lord narsimha dev and then krishna himself so these are the, these are the past times of the lord so lord can do anything with his devotee but is always always that's why prabhupada also says the lord and his devotee they are always good even though sometimes it may look little puzzling how devotee is behaving such a way just like in this example prabhupada gives an example of kansa so narad muni himself came and he told uh, kansa that uh, that eight child is going to was going to kill you it can be he can be any child for example it can be uh, you can you can never know which kind of calculation is talking about so you should make sure that you should kill all the child all the children should be killed somebody can say what kind of the what kind of uh, situation it is narad muni himself is telling to kill all the brothers of krishna yes so prabhupad writes there because narad muni wanted to see krishna face to face so early and that's why he he designed in such a way that uh this kansa killed all these brothers and finally krishna appeared so that's all all the plans of the devotees and the, all the plans of uh devotees of krishna and krishna himself work in this material world that's why krishna says in bhagavad gita again it is not easy to understand him it is not easy although he is present he was present in front of kansa also he was present in front of duryodhan also but none of them were able to understand what is the nature of krishna his supreme personality but balad maharaj was able to understand that my lord is present even though you are not able to see right now but he is present there everywhere he is in spirit also and then hiranyakashipu challenge and finally narsimha dev appeared and we'll see how narsimha dev finally kill this uh, hiranyakashipu who was supposed to be very big demon very great demon just in uh, slight appearance of narsimha dev everything was done he never took any time to kill hiranyakashipu all the was a big demon so that is the way lord do mystic things 